de chaos. Chaos Reign presents Dangers of Divestment broadcast January the 26th, 
or delays in this information or any losses, injuries, or damages arising from its display or use. All information is provided on an as-is basis. All right. In the world where there's crime, corruption, violence, murder, rape, theft, and all forms of atrocity that plagues the world in which we live in today, what are you witnessing? We are living in a state of chaos and will take a greater or more extreme chaos to restore the order in which the world we live in today. Welcome again. This is Chaos right here. And today's stream is going to be somewhat uncomfortable, but something I have to really dove into and the reason why I'm dove into this because I've been watching social media and all forms of interactions throughout the internet, IG, Twitter, etc. And I'm not really very pleased of other consecrators covering this in some way. And I say in some way in a good fashion. And before I go in this, I'm just trying to find one little thing. Okay, I found her. Hmm. Before I go into this, I'm going to um do this. And one thing I will say this, people. Um, and you know, like always, I always do the introduction of this stream, um, because this is the TRS side of things of the Chaos Rain channel, as y'all know. Uh, let me, um, do this so I could see it for myself, so I can get the name of this. I'm just trying to, okay. Ah, here it is. Perfect. And I'm gonna. Matter of fact, that's unnecessary. Yeah, that's unnecessary. And her. Okay. But I'll say this: if you are new to the Chaos Rain channel, welcome, and thank you. And if you're going to be new in the future, please hit the subscribe button and the top bell notification for uploads or live streams here in the Chaos Rain channel. Um. Also. You can also now follow me on Twitter at ChaosRain7. And you can ask, add me on Facebook. ChaosRain on Facebook. Oh, actually, my fault. Eric Rain on Facebook. Sorry, I'm stumbling myself because I'm getting, you know, ahead of myself. I'm trying to find an article of this. All right. Let's say this is the one. Okay. Alright. And let me see if these are the right articles. Ah! It looks like the, the current did talk about. Okay. So now, let us begin. As you know, 
I'm going to title this one The Dangers of Divestment. And this is, I, could, I would say not a series, but it's a volume one of this. Um, if I never cover or talk about divestors on the Chaos Ring channel, I have to go back to my archives. But I think I did cover a few episodes of this thing of divestment. Either side from the black man or the black woman, or whatever you want to call it. But nonetheless, there is a danger into this. And I've been watching and really looking and looking hard of the direction people take when they say they're, I guess, divested, if you want to call it that way. And the funny thing about all this is that a lot of people are doing it. If you want to keep it real, and I think Mary Brown said it best, which I cannot play. But one thing I will do, since I am talking about it, I will include this in this particular episode of the Chaos Rain channel. And this will be the last, and this will be, uh, what's this? Uh, hold on, I'm getting some funny feedback. Okay, I was just looking at a message. So, let's look into this. Um, first thing, we're going to read the article. Then I'll play some clips here and there and give my take on it. But before I do any of that, let me give you a good little recap of a certain history. And this deals pertaining of a section by the book written by William A. Darity and Chris Mullen, Christine Mullen. And this section deals with From Here to Equality, Reparation for Black Americans in the 21st Century. Now, I'm only going to read a, a few part, maybe a paragraph, short paragraph, but it's going to tie into the state that you're going to understand when I read about this unfortunate um, death of this young black woman. And it states, it states here, and this is part chapter three, Who Reaps the Fruits of Slavery? New England was not a slave society. On the eve of the revolution, blacks constitute less than 4% of the population in Massachusetts and CT, Connecticut. Massachusetts and Connecticut. Massachusetts and Connecticut. And many of them were free. Now, if you notice, during the 1700s especially, if you were a black person, most likely you were free from the harsh realities of slavery from the South. Not surprised because those were the few states at the time that if you were able to escape your oppression, you were free to come up into those more smaller states and away from the harsh realities of beatings, whips, and slavery. And those states were especially in Connecticut. At that time, during um, the Revolutionary War, was that started around the late 1700s. A lot of blacks were free. That could that can make the trip to the north. I want that to keep that in mind. And I'm not going to go into more detail because I just want to read that part so let people know. And if y'all want to know, that's 
page 51 of, cha of chapter 3 of that book. And I advise we get the book. It's a good book. Anyway, so now let's look into the article. This is what I like to call divestment, the dangers of divestment. So now, this is the Hartford Current. And this is one of the oldest newspapers, I think, in American history, I believe. I could be wrong. But it's one of the oldest that still stands today. The cause of death released in death of Warren Smith Fields, the 23-year-old found dead in Bridgeport apartment. Criminal investigations opens. And what's this? I don't know. Uh, I am not playing that as some commercial. The family of a black woman who was found dead last month in her Bridgeport apartment has accused city police of showing a lack of responsiveness and racial insensitivity in their handling of the investigation. Now, I'm not sure why people want to ask why I'm going through the Harvard Current, because it happened here in Connecticut. And Harvard Current is the oldest newspaper still existing in, I think, American history. For those who don't know the history of the Upper East Coast. Let's continue. And the Bridgeport apartment accused the police lack of response. All right. Lauren Smithfields, 23, died after a man she had met recently online called police on December 12th to say he awoke to find Smithfields unresponsive. Smithfields' family said police never notified them of her death, which they learned about more than a day later through a note left on her apartment door by her landlord. Hmm. Interesting. Before I continue... I want people to understand and, and hear me well. Do black people today still know that they still live in a racist society? That's my biggest concern going for all this. And I'm not sure since when that because I mean because that because we are integrated in the society, that U.S. black men, we all know black men are safe in the society, but now to find that black women think that whatever they do in this society is not safe either. All right. I find that problematic. Very much problematic. And the sad thing about all this, and I mean all this, is I've been hearing a lot of conscripts making a lot of money off black people. And I know some top consecrators that y'all might know who I'm talking about has to pay a particular celebrity nearly almost $5 million, which I probably will not discuss tonight. But i just give you a glimpse of who I'm talking about. But nonetheless, there's a lot of consecrators that's now up here using platforms, indoctrinating, some men, young boys, but mostly indoctrinated a lot of 
young, unprecious my females to do things and, and to go about without worrying about any dangers of this so-called Western environment we're in. But you're not really safe. But I tell you that, you should know that already. But like I said, the people that will get hurt the most in this society are Gen Zs, younger people that just turned 20 or in their mid-20s. Ironically. But nonetheless, let's continue on to the article. And make sure you guys hit the like button. And I will give the call number for those that want to call in in a little bit. The Office of the Chief State Medical Examiner on Tuesday said Smithfield's death was caused by acute intoxication due to the combined effects of phenamine, a thing called Prozac or Prozac, and hydrazine and alcohol. I think it's profemini. I know that's how you pronounce it. Very big word. And alcohol. The death was ruled accidental. So they say. The Bridgeport Police Department said later Tuesday that it is narcotics and vice divisions have opened a criminal investigation as a result of the medical examiner's reports. The department will be assisting by the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, according to their statement, that the department also note that it, its detective bureau investigation will remain open as intelligence transactions to the Narcotics Advice Division. The Bridgeport Police Department release said the agency's thought and prayers continue to be with the family and friends and Mrs. Lawrence Smith Fields. The family said police told them the man who called authorities was not a suspect in her death, but have not told them why. The detectives eventually asked them to stop calling. They said the family attorney, Daryl Crossland, has notified the city of his intent to file a lawsuit accusing police of failing to properly investigate. Now, I did not know people could file lawsuits that if they're not doing their job. That's kind of new to me. Alright. I'm just going for some things, guys, because um, some things I have. To... Oh, you know what? Matter of fact, I'll give you the call in number now. Let me just highlight it. The call number for tonight's show is 717-908-1834. The access code is 917-324-POUND. I repeat, 717-908-1834. Access code 917-324-POUND. And today's subject, we're going to deal with the dangers and the dangers of divestment. I'm not sure who put that in the chat room. That was very weird, but I'm not going to go into that. Um, so, moving on. Skimming through this. Uh, uh, we good. We we all good, man. Uh, what's what's this? Oh. All right. Now the Bridgeport Police release. H. Okay. Um. Moving forward, the, the police department has been racially 
insensitive to this family and has threatened um, or treated his this family with no respect and has violated their civil rights. Crossland wrote. The city, all right, the city said in a statement that they have been awaiting the results of toxicology tests to determine the cause of Smithfield's death and that the investigation is continuing. Mayor Joe Guinian, if I said it right, said Monday that sensitivity and respect towards family members are important and the handling of the case has been referenced to the Office of Internal Affairs for an investigation. He said he would work with the police chief to make changes to department's practice for notifying family members of a death. I support and add my voice to the family, community, and elect officers who are calling for the state legislation on this issue, he says. About 100 people held a rally in Bridgeport on Sunday on what would have been Smithfield's 24th birthday, asking the state to take over the police investigation. And the family also is seeking an eternal affairs investigation into the handling of the death and are asking state lawmakers to pass legislation requiring that love one be notified within 24 hours when someone is found dead. Meryl Parazia, a para, a city councilwoman whose district includes Smithfield's home, said she is appealing by the way woman's family has been treated and apparently defers shown to the 37-year-old white woman, or actually the 37-year-old white man who was with her when she died. Now, I'm going to pause right there. I'm hearing different bounce rounds of this um, alleged person that might have committed a crime towards um, the young fields that I heard this man could be from either in his late 30s or early 50s, one or the other. And I'm not sure what is the actual age, but once the investigation goes on as forward, and trust me, this will have to go on, and this is not something that's going to be sweep on the rug. I don't think so, but the way how it's being handled right now, it looks to me that they're trying to play it off like it's some form of uh, what we call an intentional murder, or I should say that this young lady um, died of overdose by her own means. Let's keep going. Do you think if a white mother or father had their 23-year-old white daughter died and the last person who saw her was on an older black man that she met on a dating site, do you think that would have been handled in the exact same way? The Democrat said, I'm sorry, I don't believe that. Now, you know what's funny? Because we always talk about the race. And I got to be honest, guys, race does play a factor in a lot of things. And you got to understand, when they view us and them 
it's totally different in regards how they see black people in law enforcement, how they see black people in regards to criminality, and they will use everything, anything to sit there and, I like to say, demonize the two, whether you're a black man or a black woman. If you commit crime against them, you're far-fetched going to be, it's going to be hard for you to walk away from certain things that if you might attempt some serious crimes towards non-black people. But obviously, when they do crimes on you, it's a-okay, it's the green light to go at you, and they potentially might be able to walk off unscathed. Do you see? But that's another story. Let's keep going. Um, Pira, already called Pira Syria, or Piras, said she also wanted answers for the family of a 53-year-old Brendan Ross, another black woman who died in Bridgeport at about the same time. Her family also was not notified of the death by police and found out days later, Piras said, what kind of behavior is this? She said, why are family members having to search for a missing loved one when police know the person is dead? Where is the responsibility to notify family? State Senate Dennis Bradley D. Bridgeport said Tuesday that he plans to introduce a bill in the upcoming legislative, I mean, upcoming legislative session that requires police in Connecticut to notify immediately families hours of a person dying. This bill will honor Lord Smithfield's according to a... Man, stop this. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Do you see how when black death happens, they put a very weak bill in regards to say we're doing this for your own good and we're going to be more active to know say as someone dies, you'll be notified in the first day. Not the day after, but the first day. Now tell me, is that really change that you want, black people? Now, mind you, that, that bill is something that is like an insult to majority black men and black women, if we want to keep real. Normally, it's the job of the police department. If someone is dead, you should be in your right power to look and notify who is the family, does they have loved ones, and know, let them know immediately that, so they know that their loved one has, has been gone. They should not be knowing a week, a month, or whatever, that some happen to one of their loved ones. And it has to go unnoticed. To let you know that this bill is not going to change the status of black people in America. I'm just going to say it personally, guys. I guarantee you it was the other side, they will let them know immediately. But they had to put bills in place just for you to get some form of human rights. And you must understand, and I want black women to hear me good and listen good. Bills are only effective if someone could enforce it. If the majority population is non-black and you are just a minority, which you're only like 14%, you're not even nearly a quarter of the population in America, do you think anybody put aside is going to be in your best interest that they're not going to enforce? Because that takes man, command, rope, and 
create and construct the bill, and it's going to take men to enforce the bill. Amos Wilson has said this in many of his lectures and many of his books. Bills are useless if no one is going to hold them by it and enforce it. So I find that they're going to create a so-called bill, which really is really the intention anyway, if you want to go there, to say that we're going to put a bill that's going to require police in Connecticut alone to notify immediately families within 24 hours of a person dying. In honor of Miss Fields. Hmm. Now, I'm not sure if any other states operate like this in regards to someone has been dead, either foul play or whatever, that the loved ones will know either right away or they'll know in a week or two, depending if they do the autopsies and then to find the backing and records who this person is. But nonetheless, a bill like that that's going to produce in Connecticut is kind of an insult, in my opinion. But that's just me. But like I said, y'all guys got your own brains. Y'all can think, figure that shit out. Let's continue. Make sure you hit the like button. Okay. Um, not only did a family have to endure a tragedy of losing their daughters, but they have come to learn they weren't informed of her death properly. Bradley said, also in the statement, I am dedicating implementing a proper solution as justice for Lauren Smith Fields. No family should have to suffer improperly ways of notification of such a devastation movement. The proposal bill will require police to notify immediately families within 24 hours of a person dying or to make a clear present and document attempt to make such a contact and immediate family included the deceased spouse, parent, or guardian, sibling, and auntie or uncle in the respective order according to the statement. So it's going to be passed over to anybody that's related to her or any person related to the loved one. All right. Bridgeport Police said they're encouraging anyone with information on the narcotic investigation to contact narcotics and Vice Lieutenant Charles Johnson. And this is the number you must call him, Bridgeport Police, Tips, Lanes, and I'm not giving that number because y'all can find that for yourself. And that's just only one article. So I'm not going to go into any other articles because let's be real. Let's keep real. Something that happens in this state, it would make, be, make better sense to read the articles from them. So that's the, that's the um, article from the Hartford Current. And I might put this in the description of this video. Okay, so let me think what I'm going to do next. Um, hmm. Now, um, I'm going to find some audios to run. And if y'all guys have questions now, press now before I run these audios. And before I run the audios, actually, let me run it now. Because there's so much things to do right now, and I want to get through as much as possible. So, here's, the, here's one from um, 
forgot what station of this NBC, CBS, or whatever they call it. Listen in, listen carefully. The Connecticut family is planning to sue the Bridgeport Police Department, saying that it failed to properly investigate the mysterious death of a young black woman. 23-year-old Lauren Smith-Fields was her name. She was found dead in her home while reportedly on a date back in December. The white man whom she met on the dating app Bumble reported her dead during their date. Now, he is not facing any charges, so CBS News is not releasing his name. Yesterday, though, what... Now, before I continue... It makes me wonder, why is these white outlets, CBS, NBC, and all stuff, hide names of the alleged or the one that might have been involved into this so-called investigation? Hmm. Because God knows they'll, they'll reveal the name of black people. They'll reveal the, the so-called person that might be in question of attempted murder, like a black man. But it sure won't do it for the non-black man, the Caucasian man. Now, I know this is cliche why I would say this and say why, why you think they should. And we had to, we had to question it because let's be honest. Let's be honest. This is, we do live in a so-called integrated society. We are all one now. I mean, hearing this from younger people now, I'm not hearing this from younger, older people because older people know what it is in a so-called racist society. They see every day, maybe in certain parts of life, maybe work or whatever, and nothing's changed. And you don't expect nothing to change. So for them to reveal the identity of this particular gentleman or this whoever he is murder, whatever you want to call him, and we can't say it because we're not sure, but if things are on its way to becoming or things are going to be soon be investigated, which is going to be, happen anyway because now we got BLM, we got certain so-called civil rights activists and all this nonsense. They're going to try to fight hard as hell to try to get some form of justice, which I don't know how they're going to do this because, let's be honest, this woman died on December 12th. They're now, the parents have to buy and pay for a private Autopsy to know what really happened to her body. And that's now, I'm just hearing this now for the last few days or a week now. And we've been past a month. Now, I'm not sure anything that's going to be still residue in that corpse after three days. Even worse, even if it goes beyond a few weeks. So I'm not sure what's going to happen. I just don't know. But anyway, let's keep listening. It has been Smithfield's 24th birthday. Family, friends, and supporters marched in Bridgeport to celebrate her life and demand answers and justice. Smithfield's family called detectives handling of the case racially insensitive, racially insensitive and alleged that the college student civil rights were violated. Lisa Preston spoke with a family which is calling for an outside agency to now handle this investigation. Lise, good morning. This is a very troubling story. Very heartbreaking, Gail. Good morning. Lauren Smith-Fields should be celebrating her 24th birthday this week and said her family is fighting for answers as to how this seemingly healthy young woman reportedly died in her bed. Family photos and memories are what Lauren Smith-Fields' family is holding on to as they wrestle with her unexpected death. The pain is so unbearable. 
Chantel Field says she drove to her daughter's apartment last month after not hearing from her. When I got there, there was a note on the door saying, if you're looking for Lauren, call this number. The family says a detective told them Smith Fields had been declared dead about a day and a half earlier, and no one reached out to tell them. He said that she met some guy on Bumble that night, and I'm like, who's this guy? What's going on? He's like, oh, he sounds like a nice guy. Don't worry about it. According to an incident report, the date told police the two allegedly spent the night drinking, eating, and watching a movie. At one point, he said Smith Fields went outside to meet someone. Later, she fell ill, but the two continued drinking. Smith Fields fell asleep, and the date carried her to bed, where he went to sleep next to her. Our um, one other thing I do want to say. This Bumble app, like most of these so-called weak dating site apps, I find it ironic. And I'm not sure it's Bumble or it could be Tinder, one or the other. And I gotta go back to my archives to find which one of them are. As a matter of fact, what I'm talking to, let me find it now to make sure this. I hope this is not the same app. I could be wrong because I like to look at certain applications. Let me find this. Bumble. Because one thing is for sure. I could be wrong. But something about Bumble or is it tender that doesn't sound right. Where is it? Oh, it is. Ain't this a bitch? What the fuck? I found one of my old videos about Bumble. And is it ironic, people? Yeah, I found it. Is it ironic that Bumble, Bumble, fucking Bumble, isn't that that same app that made an impression where a woman that could be any size have the clear advantage of the pool of men that they want to date and potentially seek as mates but make a disadvantage for the man to have a certain selection what I mean by this if I can recall Bumble had an incident and let me click on to detail they had an incident about something about banning people that was fat shaming people on Bumble the same dirty fucking app was telling all men and warning men if you fat shame a woman on Bumble, they will delete your account. You can ask a woman if it was someone a woman that's big or fat, what she look like, what her how her height or weight or dress size. You cannot ask these questions to women on this app. They will delete you. But here to find out that this is the same app Miss Fields is on searching for non black men. Hmm. Hmm. Ain't that something, people? Ain't that something? I digress. I just want y'all to hear that because I covered Bumble um last year. Yeah, I covered this. Oh, actually, my fault. I covered this almost a whole year ago, and to find out Bumble now is back in the in, back. And somebody's talking about Bumble through this 
mysterious death is questionable. I'm going to tell you all this. I'm going to tell you this once. Stay away from Bumble. If you're a man or woman of any significance, do not use that app. This record sealed the deal for Bumble as a dating app resource. And I'm hoping, and I say I'm hoping, that certain investigators will draw up this information about the relationship between Miss Fields and this Caucasian man. I think his name is, um, I don't know his name. And I'm not thinking about it. But actually, what's his name? Let me see what his name is. Let me find the name of this dude. Hmm. Okay. I think the guy's name is um Michael or something. I don't know his name. I, I the hell with it. This man has said that he's supposed to be in his late thirties. But I hope they find information and pull up the records between these two and what their conversation is. I'm hoping. But anyway, let's keep going. And please, if y'all want to call into tonight's show, the call number is and the call number is seven one seven nine oh eight one eight three four access code nine one seven three three two four pound. Today's stream, the danger of divestment. Okay. So now let's continue on with this. Later, around 6.30 in the morning, he says he woke up to Smithfield's not breathing, her nose bleeding. He called 911. The family says a detective also told them to stop calling him for information. They were told he has since been removed from the case. Where all do you think the police department misstepped in handling Lauren's death? When you find a young lady dead and there's a male involved, is immediately a person of interest and they should immediately collect that person's DNA. The incident report shows police collected money in Smithfields' passport, credit card, and phone, but the family's attorney, Darnell Crossland, stresses possible key evidence, like bloodied sheets and drinks, was not processed at the scene until two and a half weeks later. At the scene, we find a pill, we find a condom with semen in it, in a statement to CBS News, Bridgeport Police Acting Chief Rebecca Garcia says there are elements of misinformation being reposted, adding they will release a final comprehensive report at the end of their investigation. People know that black women, black girls, have been going missing and haven't gotten any attention, and I think is at a boiling point. We're just asking for process. That's it. Treat these cases like you would treat any others. To lose Lauren in this way, how does that make you feel? A part of my soul died. I would never be the same again. I don't even know how to even move from the next day to the next minute. I'm literally dead inside. Mm -hmm. The medical examiner's office tells CBS News an autopsy report should be complete in about a week. The family has paid out of pocket for an independent autopsy as well. Lisa, I see why the family has so many questions. You know, black or white, a man is found with your daughter and just says, oh, she just fell asleep and I woke up and she was dead. And the police say, oh, he's a nice guy. 
Oh, that makes no sense to me. It's so heartbreaking. And, and yes. for them to not know, the mom said that she hadn't heard from her daughter. She goes yes. to the door there's and a there's note. A, note. a note. If you're looking for Lauren, call this number. And the number was to oh. the police department. Yeah. There was no effort to find the family or yeah. track down the family. According to the family that they did not hear from the police, they also said that they waited outside the house for five hours for mm. police to arrive and they never showed up. Enough of that. So, like I said, and the interesting, interesting thing about all this, there was a condom used with the man's fluids in it. So, it seemed to me this is more than just a nice little kicking party. They were Netflix and chilling, if you know what I mean. She was busting it wide open for this man. Or, you know, possibly, you know, she was intoxicated and, you know, he was able to get into the draws. And uh, I find it ironic, to be honest with you, that depending on the age of the non-black man, like this man that they say on this audio, that he's not going to get access to pussy like that unless he's drunk or intoxicating women. And by his age and Miss Fields, and I look at her and I look at him, because there's pictures of this man, and trust, nothing's going to happen to this man. And I don't expect nothing to happen to this man. No black man of any significance is going to go out there and take any frustration on this man. They're not. I don't expect them to do it either. But, like I said, she did had her um, a night that she will never forget. And obviously, it was the last night she was ever going to see. And the sad thing about all this that, in my opinion, because they did not do the autopsy till now, and they're still probably un undergoing the autopsy of this, that it's hard for me to find that this sick bastard possibly might have did some things. He might have saw my hurt. Who don't know? We don't know because there's no really, they haven't really showed the results of the body. And it's going to be very tricky to find anything of any penetration in certain ways that they could probably link that, you know, something of nature might have been traumatized. But like I said, if she was feeling ill with all the deadly chemicals and the drugs like amphetamines and all those things that Europeans normally do, like the cocaine, the, those special type of things, those pills, they will do damage on you as a person, especially a woman. So it's hard for me to believe that this young black woman is doing hard drugs like that, in my opinion. But like I said, I don't know the woman. But, you know, up here in the East Coast, especially in this part, because this happened in Connecticut, um, it's very questionable. But anyway, um, let me see if anybody, if anybody rose, raised their hand. If not, I'm going to continue on with the broadcast. Uh, let me see. Alright. Um. Alright, everybody's listening. They're not really raising their hand yet. Okay, so I'm going to play one more broadcast and maybe get my little side of things. And if anybody doesn't really have any questions, I might call this a day. But we'll see. Let's see if this is the one. This might be the one. Now, this is from this guy, from Mr. Martin. Let's see what he has to say. 
Folks, the autopsy report has been released uh, describing uh, what killed a 23-year-old Lauren Smith Fields. She is the Bridgeport, Connecticut woman, of course, who was found dead more than a month ago in her apartment. Now, the Connecticut medical examiner says Lauren died from acute intoxication due to the combined effects of fentanyl, uh, promethazine, uh, hydroxine, as well as alcohol, ruling her, de- ruling her death an accident. Okay, so it raises the questions. Where did those drugs come from? How did those drugs get into her system? And the man who was with her, did he bring them? What was his involvement? Darnell Crossland is a family attorney. He joins us now from Bridgeport. Darnell, glad to have you back. So, so they lay out the autopsy report. Okay, got it. But more questions than answers. That's exactly the way we are feeling right now, um, Roland. So it's been a roller coaster since yesterday. This family has been calling on a proper investigation from the moment their daughter died, right? We didn't get that. The man that was last with her before she died wasn't questioned. He was just let go. Now, the ME released a report yesterday that says, all these foreign substances were in her body when she doesn't use drugs. She's 23 and super healthy. And we're looking now at the ME's report saying, okay, the question isn't what was in her body. How did it get there? That's the question. Uh, one thing, if everyone, young people that do drugs today, if you want to go there, the most normal drug that most young people that's over the age 18 is usually maybe some alcohol and weed and we all know most black people unfortunately says do smoke weed so that's the only form of high most black people indulge in but all this other hard drug stuff like amphetamines and all that stuff that's mostly white people stuff you know and those things are very toxic dangerous you know but fine when when you hear a black person got set in their system it's deadly very deadly and when you have fentanyl, for one, and then the other items that were found in her body are commonly associated with date rape drugs, the question still is, if they didn't question this man, if they didn't do any trace evidence from this man's fingers, body, clothes, then we're almost further away from where we should be than we were before she died. And so we're asking this police department to step aside to allow the team to come in that's going to do the job. And God is good. We had uh, Animal Sunshine today because there was an announcement made that this is now shifted into a criminal investigation. But as you said on your show last week, it's one thing to call it a criminal investigation, but it's another thing to be able to prove up the crimes when they've messed up the scene so badly. So the question is, how, do we, how are we successful in this criminal investigation when they botched up the investigation from day one? Okay, so you said some of the drugs found uh, are, are associated with date rate drugs. Explain that. Yeah, so all the experts that I've been speaking to for the last day or so, 24 hours, have made it clear that some of the stuff like promethazine are often found in drugs that people drop in your drink. These are drugs that you see at, at clubs and, and so forth and so on. Uh, so... So he's saying these are drugs that they 
a lot of dudes, and this is like normal stuff. You see people in bars or parties, maybe colleges. They'll do that just to, I guess, create a certain stimuli, arousal for the ladies so that they get more turn on and really ready to pull down them drawers and get on these and, you know, give a man a quick blow or, you know, yeah. It reminds me of what they used to have if they still sell it called Spanish Fly. Mm, yeah, Spanish Fly. But that type of drugs that if he is putting it in her drink, or which looks like that was that what that's what it was, it makes sense. Anyway, let's keep going. When the scene at the time of her death consists of a condom with semen in it, a pill that's laying on the kitchen counter, um, lube and then blood on her, her bed sheets, and they don't look at this man as a person of interest, that gives this man an opportunity to cover his tracks and keep moving. Now, I have to point out this is very important. Um, the uh, medical examiner concluded that this was an accident. And that, to me, in my experience, is another systemic way that black people are disenfranchised and treated differently and that's why we can't get the results that we want in terms of justice. I've had this. Oh, let you know, um, the man he's, that's talking, he is, I think, an attorney or something. I think he's a Muslim because he has a bow tie, most likely. And usually people that are Muslims wear bow ties, last my check. But I digress. I digress. Same exact case as this some years ago. The doctor involved was a doctor named Dr. Rubin. He's a plastic surgeon out of Greenwich. He's flying in from uh, uh, Nantucket on his private jet. He calls my client, who's a minority, and says, hey, let's party. He has cocaine. My client has heroin. They both party. The, the doctor ends up dying, foaming at the mouth. What happens then here in Connecticut is that they arrest my client and charge him with manslaughter, they also charge him with 21A statute, which is a drug statute. That statute says when you transfer drugs to another person, even if it's not for profit, that's a sale under the law. So they charge my guy, my client, with a 15-year felony for a sale charge because he gave the drugs to Dr. Rubin. And they charge him with manslaughter because he died. In the case with Lawrence Smith Fields, if this gentleman brought those drugs to the scene, then that's a transfer and that's a sale. If she died as a result of that, that's manslaughter. But here's the thing. The medical examiner in, in, the, in the case where the white guy dies and there's a minority that's with him, they put in the medical examiner's report, death by toxicity, which meant, when I called up there, it meant just the mixing of the two drugs. In Norman's case, instead of putting death by toxicity, they want to give this guy yet another damn way out and they put death by accident. And I'm totally. And there's a reason why they did this because let's be honest, if we're not understanding or don't know this, they protect their own. Now, if y'all recall, when um they killed Ahmaud Arbery, um I think it was a year ago or two, this young man was chased down and killed by Southern. Caucasoids, three of them, 
They chased him out and blew him away with a shotgun. And no one knew that he was dead until almost two and a half months later. And somebody had to leak the audio or the video, whatever they call it, to the public that this happened. That's the reason why it, it draw attention throughout the media. Now, in the case of Ms. Lauren Fields, this is something that, if you think about it, this was um, brought out in the open because, let's be honest, the news gets flown out here quick. And to find that a white man was in the scene of a criminal crime and the, I guess, Bridgeport police just looked at him and his limb walked by because he seemed like a friendly, nice guy. It tells something that most European men do look and stick after their own. And it goes back to show that a lot of fucking dumb black people, you fucking niggas, don't understand that they watch and protect their own. You think you have a spot a place in the seat with them, you're delusional. You're dreaming. Especially if you're a fucking black fucking bitch. Don't know that. There's no way in hell. No man is right in the seat of crime. The cop just sit there, look at him, headed to it, and said he looks like a friend guy, let him go. And after this, I'm gonna ask certain questions to let one people start to think about. But let's continue playing. We'll set with that. And excuse me if I'm passionate about it, but enough is enough already. These little systemic ways where they treat us differently and they give themselves a pass has to stop. So we're happy that they're now making this a criminal investigation, but there's so much more work to be done. And we have way more questions today than we had yesterday. You made the point about a pill being found on the table and then a used condom with semen in it. Those two items were not, just want to make sure, they were not, they were not found, nor were they recovered by the police. That was when the family was allowed into the apartment, correct? That's correct. So that particular yep. appeal, have y'all had that appeal tested? That's, that's the question that I, I, a conversation I had with the mayor. So the mayor called my cell phone yesterday. He's always had my number. The mayor called my cell phone yesterday. I was in court, and I got out of court. Um, I, I, I reviewed a couple of things that were before me in terms of the ME's finding. Today, the, the mayor's office uh, and myself, we had a long conversation on the phone, and I told him the police department collected a, a sheet with blood in it, they collected a pill, a condom with semen in it, and a lube. And they collected it two weeks after she died only because we gave it to them. We said, hey, come and take this stuff. So, 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 so the police actually did not collect it when they discovered her body. So those items were in that apartment for two weeks. You and the family go into the apartment. Y'all collect that and you then turn that over to the police. Before I continue, my biggest issue of not only reading this, but hearing this, is why is regular civilians are tampering with evidence? Isn't that the job for police for any crime scene, regardless if it's a criminal or not, to be clicking all evidence? Have y'all noticed that? Have y'all noticed that? If the civilian had, were the ones that had to click the little small evidence from what is considered alleged a crime scene, it tells you the justice system. 
or what they want to call just us that is not designed for you. You're not getting no justice in this Western hemisphere, this Western world we call America, if you're black. Regardless of people say, well, it's, un- it's not true that there is some justice. Some people got just no. We're talking about as a whole right now, and I'm talking personally. This was not sloppy. This was in- intentional because it goes back what I said. They protect their own. And it shows not only they have no respect for the family, but they don't have respect for you, black man, and you, especially you, black fucking woman. That your life means nothing. It's minuse. It could be taken on a given notice, and the people that take it will walk scot-free. And that's just the reality. So let's continue. What we did, we took pictures of it. We didn't touch anything. We preserved it. We called them in and told them, look, this, look, look what's here. And then they collected it themselves and had the nerves then to say to the family, anything else we should take? And when, when, when that happened... Now, mind you, just like they said, they did not touch it, but let's say if they didn't or did. Still, it's still the responsibility of the authorities to look and investigate everything to use as evidence. And to see that they had to look them in, I said, anything else we should collect? That tells you they're collecting it just to hide it or put it or lock it up for wherever, how long it takes. So that way, anything that's happening, if there is some foul play, it's going to be pretty much hard to find through proper examination. Now, I'm not sure how, how effective forensic science is in regards to a deceased body, but they better hope, they better hope that, it, that, um, <laughs> let's just say this, let them they bear hope that with their foul play that there's nothing that comes back to them to let them know that so there was no foul play but like I said we shall see we shall see let's continue I'm so enraged because they're the professionals they should have from the day one quarantined the area and they should know what they're looking for now that we find out that fentanyl was in her body um, we know that a couple weeks ago at a white school, some kids died of fentanyl. And when the, when the uh, authorities arrived, they treated the entire school as a hazmat area. They told the teachers, lock in your room and don't come out, even though the fentanyl was in a, some isolated area. The reason why is because fentanyl was so dangerous and it can get in the air. You think the police would have came to Lawrence Smith Field's home when she was reported dead, checked her eyes, her pupils, and tried to determine whether, in fact, it was a drug overdose at that point. Typically, the respond, responding teams come out with, with um, Narcan because if somebody's overdosing, they can off, render assistance. It's important for you to remember this uh, also, Roland. Uh, now that we find out that, that these drugs are involved, highly potent, dangerous drugs, look at the incident report. This gentleman, Matthew LaFontaine, reports that Lauren looked sick and got sick, but he kept drinking with her. Then he says he lifted her up and carried her to her room. Now, Lauren is not that type that needs to be carried. She doesn't use drugs like that. So whatever went on that night, around 12 o'clock or so, he had to carry her to her room, put her in the bed. And then he claims around 3 o'clock she looked like she was sleeping. And at some point during that time, she started bleeding from her nose. My suspicion is that she was under distress from the time he had to carry her to her room. 
So in Connecticut, if you cause somebody to be in peril, you have a duty to render assistance. I think that she was dying from the time he carried her in her room, and she started bleeding out. Her, her blood vessels were bursting. This woman exploded. And based on the expert uh, that I've been speaking to for the last two days, they explain how fentanyl causes this explosion inside you. So he probably carried her into that room while she was dying, left her there. And remember when he called the 911, it was 630 in the morning. So she probably was in distress from 12 o'clock at night, and he's sitting there figuring out what to do while she's dying. Wow. And that's my suspicion. If he's innocent, he's innocent. But that's what we suspect. Darnell Crossland, uh, again. Uh, wow. Wow. Exploding. I know that fentanyl had that powerful effect on the human body. Hmm. I don't know if I should Google it. I don't know. Y'all, y'all want me to Google it? Nah, I ain't gonna ask people in the chat room. Hang on. Uh, I'm not really fond of looking at drugs and what they do to the body because I don't mess with this stuff. So, me know more about the science of the whatever it's, it's annoying. Um, let me read the the chat room before I continue playing on. Let's see. Let's see right here. It said, "I saw that." Wow. Rest in peace. Okay. That's the thing that they don't do at complete investigation. They dismiss it and said the Matthew, what it called Matthew Lafonte, looked like he was a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's keep playing. It's almost done, guys. And so many more questions than answers. Uh, and again, the problem that we have here, um, because y'all discovered it, took pictures, and then they came two weeks later, literally, if this even went to uh, trial, the defense attorney could claim uh, that anybody could have walked into that apartment uh, in, in that two-week time period, and typically that evidence likely gets dismissed and not allowed into uh, the case. That's exactly true. And uh, if your show permits, we found um, a white lady called us up who grew up with the family. She stated today that she felt so bad because she knew that Lauren didn't have a chance because this guy was the one that was with her. She stated that he's very close with the higher-ups at the police department. She knows all of them. She knows him and she knows his family. And I mentioned, I said, hey, you know what? You got to go to Roland Martin. And um, and she said she's open to coming on the show. And so... Hmm. Did y'all hear that? Hmm. Hmm. So this man that might have committed a crime is close and has worship or has relatives or whatever with the police department of Bridgeport, Connecticut. Hmm. Does this sound like an Amber Geiger type thing, people? Or something else? I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I don't know. Oh, well. Let's keep going. Well, she's a white woman that grew up in that same neighborhood that knows how this whole thing works, and she, she gave us names, rank numbers, serial numbers, and said that they're basically brothers and they grew up together. And so, again, we're going to be asking for a phone dump from Detective Cronin, who was involved at this scene, to see if there was any calls between him and, um, and this gentleman, and also the higher-ups. We got their names, too, from this woman. And uh, she's, she's on our witness list uh, as we do our own investigation. But she said she'd be willing to talk to you. And so uh, the, the, this, story, this story is just breaking and is getting 
more and more and more important that we follow it now than ever. All right, then. Attorney Donnell Crossland, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much for having me. All right, folks, back to that robot unfiltered video in just one moment. Looks like that's it. That's it. Let me stop it. Go back to my conference here. Uh, the call number for tonight's show is 717-908-1834, access code 917-324-POUND. Today's stream, the dangers of divestment. Um, yeah, folks, that there you have it. I think I lay out not only the article, but a few clips here and there about this investigation, which is now on its way. I don't see this investigation concluding in 2022. <laughs> I expect it to be somewhat maybe wrapped up in 2023. Maybe. I'm just guessing. Now, there are some tweets Miss Fields has posted on her Twitter and let me see if I can pull up her name. Oh, interesting. That's some weird stuff. Oh, wrong one. Sorry, guys. I'm trying to um. I'm trying to find um. How can I say it? I'm trying to see if I can find her Twitter, because she does have Twitter. She did put some very odd colorist statements on here. And I find it ironic, and there is a double stand here with, in regards to men and women, that, to be fair honest, people, <laughs> that when it comes to colorism from black men and black women, we have a certain energy in regards to how we view each other. I remember when, um, I forgot the guy's name that got killed in California because he had an Asian baby, baby mom with two kids. And if I can remember, he posted some color statements talking about dark women bring dark days and all this nonsense. Well, I find Miss Fields has some thoughts about the males in this community, the black males, about colorism as well. And to be honest, some people are using that as somewhat of an excuse and justifying her death. And you know me personally that we should not be using what people have put out tweets as justification that they deserve it. Allegedly, but I find it in this weird community we're in that there is a double standard when it comes to men and women, and I think that needs to stop. In my opinion, All right. hold on. Okay. Um. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to um, 
try and find something, guys. No, nah, I'm not about to put it. Um, let me do this. I'm just gonna go and find her name and see if I can find her name on Twitter. What's her name? Okay. I'm gonna find her on Twitter right now. See if I can find those statements. Oh, they got um some instant. They create some accounts about just for Lawrence Smith Fields. This is very interesting. So a lot of people create Twitter accounts for her in honor, maybe to put out here to make money, which most people do anyway, or spread awareness. Nonetheless, I mean, this is her Twitter. Mm, I'm trying to find if she has Twitter. I'm trying to find one. Yeah. Hmm. Try to find her Twitter. And the funny thing, finding people on Twitter is a little challenging people because sometimes their Twitter might be still active, but they use a special name. Um, and you got to see people crossing and treading, marching. Marching isn't really much enough nowadays, but that's my opinion. Uh, I'm trying to find it. What the hell is this? I don't know why I'm saying they put in this this man Matthew Lafonte's email phone number. That don't make no damn sense. That don't make no sense. I don't know why they do it. Not like they're gonna do anything to him anyway. So that that's just nonsense in my opinion but let me check the lines guys because um i don't think i got anything else i got one person calling i'm open the line out so now i'm open the lines to those that want to have the discussion first caller open line who's this what's going on gary what's good jane what's up? What's all right happening? all right thank you for keeping the lights on tonight even though mm-hmm. you like uh a few days after but Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty sure people appreciate it of of having you um, do a show tonight. So, um, yeah. thanks off top. So, the first story I think, or the second, was with with with, with the, the missing uh, young lady, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, I think that that was that there was a, a lot of ne- uh, negligence as far mm-hmm. as you know on the authorities. Um, there's there's a uh, I think that there's a bigger there's it's a, a bigger problem, you know, if you want to talk about it, um, that they've mm-hmm. been talking about for a while, you know. Mm-hmm. When when this couple, if you think about it, right? Mm-hmm. I remember when that white girl uh, a couple of months ago was uh, the focus of everything. I forgot it was named Gabby or something like that, and I mean they flooded the airways with her. Now. I don't know the technical shit behind it, if it was the actual mm-hmm. parents that kept pushing the, the news on top of it, but I highly doubt that they was, the parents solely was contacting every media company in the United States to mm-hmm. keep pushing that. Now, again, mm-hmm. I don't know, 
but I, I, I seriously doubt that they called every station in America and was able to get all that. So I think that, that, that news media had to, a lot to do with that. And, again, so it has to do with, you know, picking and choosing what they want to have as a story, and I think that they overdose on that story. You know, again, for any mm-hmm. f- female missing, they should definitely emphasize that. All I'm saying is that they should put that energy in all women, all girls, mm-hmm. all females, all right? Uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, mm-hmm. I don't care what the nationality is now. This is the way I do have a problem when you focus on a one versus mm-hmm. the other. You know what I'm saying? So now they, yeah. you know, and then so what happened after that was that there was people that were speaking and they said, listen, you know, you see, this is a perfect example. And then they showed a list of all these uh, uh, young black girls that are missing throughout America. They've been missing for years. No, uh, uh, they gave one story on them and that was it. Or, you know, recent. They said, well, you know what, last week such and such was missing. You know, and so the story was overwhelmingly on this one girl. And, again, all uh, 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 girls should be treated equal, if you want to say that, and humans and all that shit. But this country, over and over, I don't know if they, they were doing the same thing other places, but here the media, you know, was focused on one thing and not the other. I don't know what it is going to take. Maybe you know, like more pressure on the media. Uh, most like, most likely, doc, uh, dollars, advertisement. You know, but these mothers is out there. These fathers mm-hmm. is out there trying to get the message out, and they don't have the power of the media. They could go to the media and say, "Listen, I want you to put this story," and the media has the power to be able to put that story, and it makes the decision. So, <clears throat> you know, I don't know what. Again, who's making the decisions? And that part, when you have parents uh, of young black children that are missing, or any of color or whatever in the urban community, and yet there is no real focus on that. And not to say that, you know, again, that the parents didn't go to the local media, they didn't go to CNN, they didn't go to Fox and try to get their message out. It's the media that is able to make that decision and keep that going on there. You know, the missing. What's, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, are we serious? Are, are we serious about this or we don't care? You know, and I'm just mm-hmm. saying, not, you know, you could say us as a society, but the people in powers and positions of power, which it always goes back to the conversation prior to your show, it's all about capitalism. You know, it depends who it is, who it affects, and then they, they jump on it. If it affects your backyard and you're somebody of importance or think that you're important or have a position in this world, in, in, in some type of way, then, you know, as long as it, it doesn't happen to you, then you won't emphasize in it. So I think that the attitude needs to change because it's unfortunate. Sometimes it takes somebody having a tragic, uh, 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 you know, uh, occurrence or some, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some type of loss or something where they now start saying, oh, well, I know how these people feel now. And then, you know, now you want to emphasize. And I think that it should be a responsibility of all media. You know, we're, we're, you only have two genders, right, man and a woman. And we know yeah. how a lot, a lot of pressure, you know, is put upon the woman. You know, and mm-hmm. again, women of color, most importantly, you know, uh, 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 get a lot of flack and, and, and shit. Again, the ones that's out there pushing, you know, these, these uh, 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 making sure that, that they get the message out, but yet the media doesn't, um, 
you know, highlight these stories. That's all. I'll leave it there. And then um, going back, I thought you were going to go and talk about the story about the girl that's getting sued, uh, that lost a, uh, uh, the lawsuit. Uh, I don't know if I'm, that's I don't right know if I'm going to. I'm going to leave sure that alone, huh? I just say this. Something, look, everybody knows that that just happened. That's all over the news. I'm going to just say like this. For all y'all people that's doing this YouTube shit and, 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 and you know, uh, building up a, 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 a name for yourself, be very careful. Because one thing is this, is that YouTube and all these social media companies, uh, companies are going to, um, they, they have a, a clause where they make sure that they are not liable for anything. So when they start going after all these people, they're not going to go after YouTube because they can anyway. The, it, it, they already exempt from that. You, the content creator. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Did, did you yes, read in the term yeah. of service? Is in the term of service? Facebook is not going to get held liable if you putting up shit unless they knowingly and willingly doing are participating. You see, there's a clause in this with the social media. That's why you don't see them getting shut down. You understand? There was only certain people that was when they passed a certain line. You know, there was a guy that was yeah. selling all type of things on his website, and then he got, they, it took the FBI a while to get to this guy because there was clauses and things like that. But he got held accountable. Now, as far as this stuff that's going on, you've seen there's been people that have been murdered live mm -hmm. on the Internet, through yeah. Facebook, and all that. And guess what? Facebook is still doing their lives. People are still mm -hmm. getting killed. You just heard about a story of a woman that met a man on the Internet and ended up getting murdered. Right, mm -hmm. and then the the website is not going to be held liable. I guarantee you okay. that. So I'm just saying, okay. be careful as a content. This is not whether you 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 know I agree with you or disagree with you on on what your stance is. I'm not talking about you, Gary. Just in general, those mm -hmm. people that consider themselves because I don't think you go in like some of these people that's really they they're dedicating their life to this. Right, they're putting a lot of yeah. time. They're making money off of this. I'm saying that be very careful because. The, the things you will be held liable because mm. again Facebook and all those companies are not held liable and you can read the 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 disclaimer for that. I'll leave it there, bro. Good show and keep keep uh, uh keep doing your thing, bro. All right. Thank you, JYC. Thank you for informing me of that because to be honest with you, that there was certain clauses in the terms of service for a lot of these social media sites and YouTube as website. And I'll be clear and honest with you, I have not really read all their terms because, let's be honest, anything that's greater than maybe 10 pages, and we could say even goes 20 pages to pay on lengthy, a lot of people are not going to sit there, sit back and read the whole thing. Nor are we kind of lazy and complacent to read everything, and we should more, depending on how lengthy it is, but they put a lot of coded language in their term of service that they update every quarter or so because they know majority of average consumers are not going to read the term of service. Most of we click accept or we just say okay and then once something happens we say what happened and really put that special clause in the terms and service but it takes a sense of patience and a will of understanding to retain and read everything that was put on there so you don't get screwed. And I'll be honest with you, most of these terms and service that YouTube or any social media puts out is not transparent enough of what they'll do and it won't do to you using their platform. Let's keep 100. So like I said, just be more mindful in regards if you're putting content like that, that you will be sued. And I'll say this, because it's off subject. 
If y'all remember the Copa thing that was introduced two and a half years ago, back in 2020, I think, if I remember. That is something that all commercial outlets that television are held liable back in the 90s of protected children in regards to pornography and anything content that might be offensive children. They always had this for the past 30-some years. It's now that because things are transitioned from basic cable or television to now digital form of Internet, that now you are liable, you know I'm saying, in a way, if someone wants to express it. That's what I want to let y'all know. So, like I said, the internet is the new form of television, whether you like it or not. So, you are going to be held liable for everything you do, especially attacking certain celebrities, not regular people, but celebrities, and you do it in a way where you're making not only thousands, but potentially millions of dollars. And, like I said, we're not going to name what we're talking about. I'll probably say that for maybe a future broadcast. But, like I said, just be careful what you're doing. So, now, in concluding this, because no one else has any hands raise up and look like everybody doesn't want to hear this. Um, like I said, I cover this because to be honest with you, majority of people don't, don't live in certain parts of the East Coast. A lot of people don't live in Massachusetts and they sure as hell don't live in Connecticut. They only go by what they hear or what they see. And I today, Chaos Ray, have to sit there cover this from not only my topic but from just the average person that, you know, is an observer. Now, I might keep in touch in touch with this, but I think talk about it now is to let y'all get a snippet now while it's still hot, this topic right now, which this should not be hot. This is something like just general news that people should talk about for the love of content. But I'm probably going to sit back and see of the afterfall of all this to really do a real recap of this. Um, you know me, I don't like talking things until everything is settled and everything's laid out and everything's resolved. But today I kind of broke the rules just for this particular topic at hand because this has to be looked at and examined. Because, and I'm going to say this to all you divesters, women, you are at fault for what's happened to these young women. Yes, you, you fuckers are at fault for this. Your little bullshit content you put out here talking about exploring, looking for the so-called Caucasian man or the non-black man to think you're going to have some salvation and you're going to escape oppression, violence, etc. You are delusional as fuck. Yes, Cal said, person, you are delusional as fuck. As long as we still live in this Western world, this Eurocentric culture we're in, you're always going to see violence. Violence is the norm a Western, i.e. Eurocentric culture. You're not going to escape it in this lifetime and the next. And one thing I did not do, since they talk about Connecticut, and this is something important, um, I'm not going to look at black demographics. So I'm going to say the population of blacks in Connecticut. Let's look at this. 
Right now, the percentage of black people in Connecticut, since this woman was born and raised in Connecticut, and I'm not sure her parents are Ados or Caribbean, I'm not sure, it says here, the percent of black or African Americans alone in the state of Connecticut is 12%. Twelve percent. And let me see this more. Let's go down more. And in the, the population of Connecticut alone since July of last year is roughly three million six hundred and five people. And as I'm looking now. Let me see if it goes any more data. It does not. And it says here from the female percentage, there's a lot of females here. The white loan percentage is roughly 79.7%, which makes sense because we're at 12%. So roughly 100%. So look like whites and other are 79% population in Connecticut. So the population of black people in Connecticut of the census or this percentage is almost roughly almost the average of black people as a whole in America. We're like almost 14% or we're actually now 14% population. Connecticut of blacks, and when they say blacks, they say a mix between African Americans and other blacks, Africans, Caribbeans, etc., which are in, included as the blacks, they're roughly 12% of the population. Keep that in mind. And more than half that female person percentage is roughly 50%. And if I go down, Hispanics are 16.9% of the population connected as well. So there's more Hispanic than blacks here. It's hmm. a pretty good, good percentage. Hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm probably gonna put this in the description as well. I'm probably gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna note this. So, in wrapping this up, to give you a little base history, what the population of Connecticut is, what the percent of Black people is, etc. Say this once. That if you're a black woman in the 21st century and you think you're going to divest your way out of this oppression, out of the problems, and you have an issue with black men, which I find a lot of women that are divestors, and there's a whole lot of them, a lot of them are still in relationships with black men. They don't even go as far as sucking enough black cock if we want to go there. They'll tell you to divest while they're sick behind closed doors sucking black cock. Yes, yes. Indeed, it is. And, and how I know, because let's be honest. The ones that really are successfully swirling and divest and are getting their non-black mates, 
you don't hear a peep out of throughout the whole internet. They're more focused on being the best girlfriend or wife to their non-black mates, and they're not going to get no ill will of the community, especially talking about black men, which, let's be honest, no white man, if we want to keep real, doesn't get real turned on when they find you as a self-hating bitch, hate black men. When they hear black women from my way say they hate black men, in the back of their heads and their minds, most non-black men, Caucasian men especially, they look at you as easy booty and they're going to treat you as easy booty. They're going to look at you as side booty at best. And I tell you personally, black men, you should not take them seriously. Matter of fact, if they say they're diverse, tell them God bless them and stay there, black ass, over there. Don't bring back the problems to the black community. Hell, don't bring back your bastard mixed children back over here. Because most men, especially men now, they're going to catch it and they're going to move a corner dealing with you. And I think most black men need to start do that more now because... I find it interesting when we when I hear about this divestment shit is they'll say I must divest or find that so called unicorn for Caucasian man, whether he does good or not, which most Caucasian men from the data, if we want to go to statistics, are not doing well in this country now. There's a very small pie of men that is quote unquote valuable, that's making money that they're over past the top fifteen to five to one percent. In this country, as not a lot of them. So if you think you'll find be that person that's gonna be that's gonna get a fifteen or five or one percent man, non-black man especially, not black man, but non-black man because let's be honest, if the average in this country for across the board, especially when it deals with males, and the males is only fifty-five k, which last time I checked is not really much money. You have problems. So, like I said, if they divest because they want to divest because they can't find that so-called perfect black man, good luck. And we all know there's no perfect man anywhere, but for the sake of conversation, they think there is. And I'll say, God bless you. Go over there, bitch. Stay over there, bitch. And don't come back. Most women don't want to hear you talk about black men. But we all know most women dumb bitches going to keep the black man's name in their mouth. They're going to, they can't stop sucking this cock so they're going to keep referencing you brothers because they really, at the end they want a black man. And that's what I've learned for a lot of divesters including the women. And let's be honest. The dudes that really are fearful and have a hard time or don't like when black women divest are these so-called men that are considered Back to Africa. Yes, I said it. Yes, I said it. I, how I know? Because I listened to some of the contents out here on social media, et cetera. And I noticed most of them that call into these streams that are quote-unquote divestors, they give them a bad name and they treat them like, like shit because these so-called men that are pro-black, et cetera, are trying to persuade the sisters so they come back. And I tell brothers, if you're that pro-black, you need your head exam, bro. <laughs> Then I come back. Once they make the decision in their mind, they're just going to go over there and stay over there, hopefully. And we pray that they stay over there. But we all know once this white man is done with him, 
they'll send back to the streets. And the streets, they need to be and remain and need to be sent back. She belongs to the streets. That's how they view our sisters. They're concubines. And a lot of white men, they listen to a lot of our programs and our content. And they know what it is. And it is licking their lips, clapping their hands, rubbing their hands, and is wet and willing to say, yes, yes, now I can get some free booty. And you know what's funny? I find it interesting that how the hell you, as a non-black man, an insult in American society today, in the 21st century, where women, especially the sisters, are given the booty for free. Hell, just, just show up, and they'll just bust it wide open for you. How I know because they make it so easy now, they don't have to work hard now. That's why there's no way a man, if we want to keep real, is going to lack sex in America. Because women are liberated. They're free. They're having more sex than men, fellas. To find that there is a growing large number of virgin men in America is a testament of the times we're in. Oh, how sad, how sad, how sad. Very sad. But let's you know saying that the delusion of women that thinks that men are getting it like that is a lie. Hell, some men are complaining about direction women or what the women are doing. Maybe are the ones that are not getting much sex. Maybe. I don't know. I could be wrong. So to know saying that, you know, they are trying to escape the community or where you want to call it, I would say let them go. Good luck, sweetie. And just don't come back. And I tell you, brothers, don't let them come back. You know which one is doing what they're doing. And let's be honest. If you bring them back, only thing that's going to happen to you is you're going to get a world of hurt and misery. You know what I'm saying? Uh, one man said it best. And you might not know who he is. And I asked him this question. And he told me personally that once the white... Once the black woman makes this conscious to put the white man's nuts in their mouth, it marks their end. And, you know, I always contemplate when he said that to me a couple years back. But now thinking about now in the 21st century, a couple years now, down the line, even today and back then, that he was right. And we've seen a lot of sisters meeting their maker by non-black men. And what has happened, Lawrence feels, she is one of many black women that have met their maker on the hands of the Caucasian man or what they want to call Zaddy. And I always see moving forward in the future that there's going to be many more. And there are going to be many more articles of this. And it's out there in the internet because the internet is a vast resource. And like I said, I don't waste time looking for these articles, but I know they do exist because certain male consecrators are revealing this information. And let's you know, say that, you know, you as men, only thing you could do is be productive, work as hard as you can, make as much money, and do what you can to provide for yourself and a future for yourself. The women will be fine. The sisters will be fine. This country gives them everything that's needed. So when they say they don't need you, fellas, they don't because they got everything for them. The only thing they'll need probably in the day is maybe some dick and sperm, but yeah. that's another story. So that's all I'm going to say. I ran my mouth. And that is all, and that is all. So, like always, if you're new to this channel, please subscribe to the channel. Hit the top bell for uploads, live streams here on the Chaos Rain channel. Also, you can now follow me on Twitter at Chaos Rain 7. 
and add me as a friend on Facebook. Yes, I'm on Facebook. Yes, yes. Eric Green on Facebook. Those are links to follow me on follow Eric Chaos Rain channel. And that is it. Thank you for listening. Look forward to hearing from y'all from the next broadcast. Until next time, take care and good night.